Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Without further ado, crossing over with Pastor Cameron. Uh, Thank you, Demi. You guys are too kind. Well, I have a lot to cover today, and so I'm going to get right to it. Uh, When Andrew asked me to to, uh, teach on crossing over and possessing the land, uh, I already knew that you couldn't do one without the other. There's no way you can possess the land without crossing over. Uh, And we'll get to that in just a minute. uh, this, This phrase, possessing the land, is an eternal purpose promise okay, this this is not just something that he told the Jews to do this is something that is it, it actually has three profound uh, applications in the word past present and future this is not this is something that's ongoing this is something we're involved in this is not something um, different abnormal this is not this is not historical well it is but it's not only historical this is something that you are you should be involved with even every day. So as we begin, let's ask the Lord to, to bless us, to teach us, to help us. Heavenly Father, you are all. And I thank you, Lord, that by your spirit, you'll speak to the hearts of people today that we can learn something about how you do things because your ways are about the most important thing that we can know to know your ways. You showed your ways to Moses, your acts to the children of Israel, Lord. We want to be about people who know your ways. We want to know how and why you do things. I know that we can never understand or explain everything, but Lord, those things that you'll show us, we're hungry for, and we ask you to teach us. On my own self, I can do nothing today, Lord. It's only by your spirit that we can accomplish anything that has eternal value. So I ask you today, sir, to speak to us through your word and by your spirit. Teach us, Lord, and let the things that that these these believers, these saints, these disciples learn, let, let, them, let these things stick to them, hold fast, Lord, that won't, won't be lost. Yeah. I thank you now in the name of our Lord Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. There's some key words here uh, in this study because I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. Uh, I'm not going to make you look them all up. I'm going to tell you what they say. You can take my word for it. Well, that, that's just going to be the easiest way, or we can be here till about three this afternoon and we can look them all up, or whichever way you like it. <clears throat> I want you to notice these key words as we go the land, the earth, Inheritance. Most Christians don't know what that is. They've heard of it, but they don't know what it is. Possess, cross over, dwell. I want you to be, be, when you hear those words, I want you to know that they're all related. They all have something to do with one another, and they all have something to do with your life because they're, they're all terribly important. 
Uh, when Andrew asked me to teach on this, I don't think he realized the importance of it either because, because this, is, this is vital to us as believers. The land is a word that, that includes God's plan for man in the earth. This, this is God's, God's idea. This is his plan. Uh, it encompasses man's purpose to establish a God family of God men and God women and to subdue the earth and fill it, take it over and fill it with God men and women and rule it for him. That's Genesis 1.28. That, that is our prime directive, our command directive. And you, you can write that down because you need to know that. This is the first thing that God told mankind to do. And he never withdrew it. Even when Adam fell, he didn't withdraw it. It's still effective. It's still working. And we will see it fulfilled in the days to come, which is, it's never been fulfilled. But I think God knew it had happened that way. I think Father knew that, that it would take one like himself to fulfill this command, one like himself in the body of a man. And that's pretty, that's pretty astounding. So Genesis 1.28 says, And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it and have dominion. You notice there that he said, Fill the earth. That's one of those key words, the land, the earth. This is where he began. This is in the beginning, folks. This, is, this hasn't changed. This is still active and functional and very important today. Though most churches, many people have never, let me just say it this way, many people have never realized how important this, this, this scripture is. This is men and women created in his image alone, his image, and to fill the earth and take, take it over, yeah. rule it. I once told the church here years ago, they didn't see the humor in it that I did, obviously. I said, I, said, I can't imagine why anybody would have a problem with God's plan. He said, he said uh, uh, get married, have lots of sex, have lots of kids, Multiply, fill the earth, take it over and rule it. I mean, who doesn't who doesn't want that? Who, you know, that just sounds like the plan to me. Because don't we spend our lives trying to rule, control our our sphere? Well, that's what God said to do in the beginning. We have to do it His way, though. We can't do it man's way. And man's tried for all these decades, these centuries, to do it His way, and He's failed every time. Think about it, this dominion, this rule the land command is in our genes, it's in our DNA, it's in our very being. And it gets so twisted up. Why do you think, have you ever, I don't know if, I know Demi and I had this talk once about World War II and Adolf Hitler and the Nazis and all of that. How many of you have ever heard of that? How many have never heard of that? Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> he had me, had me a little worried there. Where did, where did Adolf Hitler, his, way, his name means wolf, by the way, uh, how did he get the idea of a thousand-year reign? Well, yeah, you see, it, you see it already because that's in the scriptures. 
He wanted to rule the earth. He didn't want to rule Germany. He wanted to rule the planet. He wanted to rule all mankind. And that's been a dominion demand in our DNA from the very beginning. We've just got to bring it under control and do it God's way. All right. So let's talk about the past a little bit. And we talk about, in order to talk about the past, we have to talk about the Hebrews. And in order to understand something about the Hebrews, you have to know something about the name or the word Hebrew. And the word is from the Hebrew word Ivrim, or from Ivri. Ivrim is the plural of Ivri. When you take a Hebrew word and add I-M to the end of it, it becomes a plural word. It doesn't have an S. It has an I-M. So Ivram are the Hebrews. Ivri or Ivram comes from the Hebrew Avar, which means simply crossover. Uh, it, it means to cross, to, to go and possess. So the Ivram, the Hebrews, are the people who cross over. Understand something about crossing over about possessing the land. In every realm that you'll deal with in life, you have to leave one to enter another. You can't stay in one realm and enter another realm at the same time. You had to leave single life and and join married life, enter into married life. You You had to leave the educational system and go to the work system. And, and, the, and it goes on and on and on. You have to cross over to enter the new land, the new place, the new realm, the new circumstance or sphere. So the Hebrews are the ones who cross over, the people who cross over. And you'll see that there's a connection there with us as we go along today. When we talk about the past, when we talk about the Hebrews, one of their first things, and I'll read it to you from Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 21, which is way back... Uh, some of the first law that God, that God gave the Hebrews after or through Moses said, Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear or be discouraged. The Father promised, the, the Lord promised the people that they would possess the land. They were, if you recall Abraham's story, and it's, and it's all through the New Testament, we're Abrahamic people. Our covenant goes right back to Abraham, not to Moses. And that, and that, in, that, in that covenant of Abraham, we understand that he was told by, by the, the Lord to, to leave his land, his family, forget everything, and go to the place I'll show you. How would you like to get instructions like that? I want you to leave, and I'll tell you when you get there. That's basically what Abraham had, or Abram, before his name was changed. He said, leave your family, leave your homeland, and I'll tell you when you get to the place where I want you to be. Well, he obeyed. Thank God. Because had he not obeyed, we would be in a heck of a fix today. So Abraham left, and he went to the promised land, and God said, this is the land that I'm going to give you to possess. And... He gave them quite, quite a nice piece. The, the, the Jewish people, the Israelites, never did fully possess it all. That's still to come. That's future. That will still take place. Because, listen, listen, no matter what God says, you may not have seen it yet, but it will happen. 
because it must. God's word must come to pass because it's God's word. And he cannot say anything that's not truth. So if he were to make a statement that didn't come to pass, it would not be truth, and then he would be a liar. Therefore, he would never, ever be God again. And, and that's just a little bit of esoterical thinking, but that's where we are. That's who he is. And the sooner you understand that everything he does has great purpose in it, the sooner you'll understand more about your life. Because most Christians wander through life trying to figure out what they're, why they're here. Well, you're, you're learning, and I teach why you're here, what your purpose is. And that's important for you to know. You can never fulfill your purpose if you never find it. You just keep going from job to job and think that that's your purpose, and it's simply not. Your career is a way to, matter of fact, New Testament says, you're, with your work, you, you have something to give. You make something to give. Isn't that just like God? He says, go to work so you can give. I'm, I'm thankful that, that uh, Andrew and Caitlin, my kids, I call them, Pastor Andrew and Caitlin, to, to, so I can be more proper. Uh, they're very generous. And I'm, I'm learning something about generosity from them. But let's get, into, let's get into these scriptures. Over and over it's told to go in and possess land. Over and over and over. Deuteronomy 8, it says go in and possess the land. Deuteronomy 11 says you will cross over the Jordan. Go in and possess the land. And this just goes on and on and on. Um, uh, that Deuteronomy eleven thirty one is going and possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you, and you will possess it and dwell in it. You should be careful to observe all the statutes. He's always a warning here: do it my way, or it won't work. And that, that still goes, you know. We still have to do it His way. You can't you can't choose the way you're going to do it and have it work out like you want it to. Do it God's way. Listen, He's Creator. He's create, you don't go to the dentist to ask him what kind of oil you should put in that new car. You go to the manufacturer. You want to know what the manufacturer, and, and how, come, how come we skip God in this thing? He is, the, he is the creator. He is the manufacturer. And his ways, he knows exactly what's best for you. Don't you understand that? He knows what's best for you. So why would we ignore him in the process and make our own decisions? But that's, this is just life learning, life lessons, and you can learn these. Uh, it, sometimes it took me a long time. I, I was way behind on the curve. But you don't have to take so long. Uh, Deuteronomy 11, verse 8, he says, Go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess. You see, that crossing over is always with the possession. You can't do one without the other. Deuteronomy 32, I, I, this, is, this is one of my favorite Old Testament scriptures. And I'm going to read it, verse 45 to 47. When Moses had finished reciting all these words to the people of Israel, he added, take to heart all the words of warning I, give, I have given you. This is New Living. Uh, uh, a warning I have given you today. Pass them on and command to your children so that they will obey every word of these instructions. These instructions are not empty words. They are your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, they are your life. 
They are your life. By obeying them, you will enjoy a long life in the land and occupy when you cross the Jordan River. So there again, the Jordan is a, is a type. It's a picture. It's a shadow of what you have to cross. That river is not a very impressive river these days. I'm sure it must have been a much more impressive river back in, in the Old Testament days. It's, they irrigate so much off of it. Uh, it it's, it's just it's not, not very impressive right now. Deuteronomy 32, I'll skip that one today. Uh, Psalm 37, I'll skip those, I'll come back to those. When we get down to the book of Daniel, and this is what I want you to see because this is very prophetic. This points to our day and the day to come. And that's why I included this in, in these scriptures that go with the past. In verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 13 uh, written in, in the book of Daniel, I was watching the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, imagine who that could be, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, the Father, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. Dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which will not be destroyed. So right here in the middle of the Old Testament, in, in the prophet Daniel's writings, we, we, we get a picture of what's coming and has to come to pass. Not maybe, not if, it will come to pass. It has to. It's his words. He's spoken these things by, by the Spirit to Daniel, by, through the angels. And he said, there, you're, you're going to have a kingdom, a, domain, a dominion on the earth. Now, this was spoken before he was ever a man. We've got to remember that the Word of God, who these things were spoken to by the Father, this is really, really kind of far out stuff, isn't it? The, the father told the son, I'm going to give you a dominion, a kingdom, and, and this is going to be an everlasting dominion. And so it will be, because as I said to you before, no man has ever been able to accomplish or fulfill that Genesis 1:28 command. Men have tried it for 6,000 years. Finally, at the end of this age, which I believe is just around the corner for you and me, since we live in this time, this age, I don't think it's far away at all. But what's going to happen is the Lord himself. Remember now, Jesus came, and the word of God, John chapter 1, says the word was with God, the word was with God. And then it says in the 14th verse, this most incredible statement, I think is one of the most amazing statements in the entire Bible. In John 1.14, it says, The Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Think about that. The Word of God. Now, and I'm, uh, for those of you who haven't heard me teach on this, the Word of God was what His name was. This is the second person of the Godhead. Not the Father, but this is the second person of the Godhead. And he was called the Word of God until he became flesh. 
So ju just for a little background, the Father's never left the throne. He's never left the throne. He doesn't need to leave the throne. He is over everything. And so, you know, I used to wonder when I was a little more unsure about Scripture, did, did the Father and the Son switch places? I mean, you know, you see all these, these appearances of the Lord on the earth. It has to be the Word of God. It has to be the Word of God before He became flesh. It can be no other. He's the one that did it all at the Father's bequest or, or, or on His behalf. The Father gives Him the instructions. Remember the words of Jesus. Jesus said, my will is to do the, father, the will of my Father who sent me. He said, that's my meat. That's what I live on is to do his will. I don't do anything I didn't see him do. I had to say anything I didn't say him here. So we see that the word of God is, is the second person of the Godhead, but he is submitted to the Father God because there is an order among them. They are created. They are equal in being, but they have a different status. It's the same way, and, and uh, <laughs> this is probably not, most women don't really like to hear this, but the, the man, the husband, is the head of the house. You can't, you can't get rid of it. It's in the Bible. You're going to have to remove some of the Bible. That doesn't mean that you, you guys are not equal. You see, a woman is not inferior to a man. Is never, ha never has been, will never be. But when we join together, someone has to be the final decider. Someone has to make that decision. There's lots of ways to do this, but someone, when push comes to shove, the, the husband is responsible for that last decision. He's, the responsible, he's responsible for protecting and providing for the family. And yes, we live in a mixed up day when both parties provide for the family. But it's not... To, how many of you women send your husband, how many of you husbands send your men out to check and see what that noise was? You follow what I'm saying? Uh, who typically is, it's, it's David Granger or, or, or Greg Hubbard that checks the doors at night before they all go to bed. Checks to make sure everything is secure. You follow what I'm saying? Th this is God's order. So that's all I'm saying about that. There, he has order in these things. And the second person of the Godhead, the Word of God, is his order. He, is, he, is, he answers to the Father. He does the Father's bidding. And that's clear from what he said. He made it clear himself. So we see that the kingdom is coming. The kingdom of a man is coming. And that's, that, is, that fulfills Genesis 1.28. A man has to rule the planet, has to rule the globe. A man has to. God gave the earth to man. You know, a lot of you, a lot of us, I used to think this, and preachers still preach it every day, that we're going to spend forever in heaven after we leave here. Well, the Bible doesn't back that up. You might find one scripture that seems to say that, but if you read the picture, when you die, if you die before Jesus returns, you'll, you'll, you'll be in heaven. But that's not your eternal destination. The scripture says that man, the redeemed, overcoming, qualifying, washed in the blood, mankind, will come back to the earth. This is Genesis 29 and 
uh, uh, Revelation 20, uh, 19 and 20, 21. Mankind's going to come back to the earth. You and I are going to come back to the earth. What are we going to do? We're going to be possessing the land. The way Genesis 1, 28 explained it. We're going to come back and rule and reign if you qualify. And, and what, is it, what do I mean by qualifying? You have to, you have to do in this life what he needs you to do so that you can prove to him that you can rule and reign with him. Otherwise, you'll, you'll be there. You don't have to worry about that. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to worry about that. But you, you won't have any position of responsibility unless you qualify in this age. I know some of this is shocking to you. But you're going to have to do it his way because he doesn't want people ruling and reigning with him that don't do it his way. You see, that's, that's basically all we have to prove is we're going to do it your way. But we're going to be the people who cross over and possess the land with you. Because it's not just with, with Jesus, the Son of God. This is Jesus, the man. And don't ever forget that. He is Jesus, the man. God gave the earth to man. Psalm 115, 16 says, the, earth, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to man. And that's so important that you know that because the land is very important. The earth is very important. It belongs to man, and we will be here forever on the earth. And that's not a bad thing because heaven is coming to earth. You can read about it in Revelation 21. Heaven is coming to earth. The Father is coming to earth with New Jerusalem to the earth forever. And forever the Father and the man Jesus will be at his right hand and we will be with them having qualified over a thousand year reign. I know I'm going to give you a lot, but I, I have to give it to you when I can. <laughs> you understand? I've got to feed you when, 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 when I can. And I'm, I'm trying to give you enough that you'll get hungry and that you'll want some more of this. All right. So, uh, it, Daniel 7.18 has this most remarkable statement. It says, but the saints, listen to me very carefully, listen to the word of God very carefully. Daniel 7.18, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Who is that? Who's going to possess the kingdom? The saints. The saints. Make sure you're in that crowd. That's a good place to be. You'll possess the earth. We will possess the earth with Jesus, the man, forever and forever and ever. This is God's word. So the king will be given dominion, but saints will, have, will get the kingdom as well. We will rule and reign with him as partners, yet subsistence. Uh, 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 subservient or, or to we obey him as the king that makes sense to you okay let's move on now in the present and that's what we're that's our day we live in right now by the way we don't live in the past well some of you do some of you are still trying to live in the future but but we got to live right now because this is the only time we got right now as the hebrews live to cross over and enter the promised land we cross over 
what do we cross over? We cross over that barrier of unbelief. We have to cross over that barrier of this world's way. We have to cross over that barrier, the, that river of, of doing everything like the world said and begin to do it according to the manual, according to the owner's manual. And that's, that's what's so important to realize. It's not that hard. People make it so religious and, and so kind of spooky out there. No, just do it by the book. That's all he wants you to do. Do it the way he spelled it out for you, and everything will be okay. That doesn't mean you won't have trouble. Uh, listen, we have an enemy out there, and you've got to be aware of that. We have an enemy, and he's a real enemy. And some people think, well, the devil, that he's just an evil or a symbol of evil. Well, if that's the case, Jesus was casting out symbols. You, you understand, it can't have it both ways. He said there was devils. He said, he, and, and there is. Um, uh, I discovered one of them yesterday. Uh, I, I, had a, <clears throat> I had an attack yesterday. Uh, I haven't had one in several years. I've had it twice before. The first time, I was standing right here in the pulpit. And the next thing I knew, I was laying on the floor looking at the ceiling. Right in the middle of a Sunday service. And, uh, of course, they ran me to the hospital and they couldn't find anything wrong, which is what I expected. Because as soon as I laid down, I was fine again. Well, it happened in the Bible college. Uh, I was teaching in the Bible college. I, I forgot to lay down. Or I didn't know to lay down. And that time, it was pretty bad. I, I, I turned completely clammy, sweaty, uh, and, and you see, none of the doctors can tell me what's wrong except he, we think you're dehydrated, which is what they tell everybody when they don't know what to tell them. <laughs> so uh, they never could find anything wrong with me. And to this day, they can't. I, I had a stress test and, and saw the cardiologist for my insurance company uh, just what, Thursday, wasn't it? And uh, got a great heart, don't have any blockage. I'm fine. And then on Friday I have this, or this Saturday I have this, this attack. Um, that, that second time over here in the Bible school, uh, I, I sat down and I said, I'm going to sit down. I wasn't feeling right. And, and, I, and I, was, I, I broke out in a terrible sweat. Uh, finally the EMS came and they put me on the stretcher. And as soon as they laid me down straight, I was fine. And I didn't even want to go to the hospital again. Um, and yet, uh, those folks around me insisted. So, And then already made it a trip. We hated to waste one. Again, they found nothing. They took blood tests. They did all, ran all these tests. And they said I was dehydrated. And that's been years ago. That was, back, that was way back before Harvey when, that wiped out our Bible college. Uh, and so... Out of the blue yesterday, I was, I was sitting down and, and suddenly just turned totally sweaty. It's a terrible feeling. And, and uh, you get all sweaty and clammy and just start sweating profusely. And I thought, I'm going to get up and go lay down. And I tried to stand up and I, I fell in the floor. Uh, I was by myself. I fell in a small area and it twisted me. And, and really did something to these muscles right back here, which were, um, last night at, 
I, I could only move because Becky was there to help me. Um, but that's how I've never experienced any back pain like that. I, I don't have pains. You, you can ask my kids, my kids, Pastor Andrew and Marilyn, who I live with, we live with, uh, or Becky or anybody. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm at my age, 74 years old, I don't have pain. Uh, I, I live a healthy, healthy life. Uh, and yet, uh, out of the blue, this thing hit me and, and really knocked me for a loop because I couldn't even stand up. And I finally grabbed hold of the chair and pulled myself up. Well, I might as well just tell you the whole thing. I was in the bathroom. That's too embarrassing. I know, now, where were we? Um, and uh, she slapped patches on me and gave me pills and everything, and, and I slept okay. And, and, and I'm still in some pain this morning, but it's tremendously better. But, but the, they're lying symptoms of an attack. It's the curse. God didn't create me to be sick. You might as well learn it for yourself. The sooner you learn this for yourself, the better off you'll be. God did not create, he didn't create you to be sick. As a matter of fact, that curse that's in the earth through sin, the scripture says in Galatians 3.13, that he became the curse for us. Our Lord Jesus became sin for us. He became the curse for us. This gets over into what we're talking about right now. I'm not, I'm not wandering around. These are not rabbit trails. So we're talking about the promises. Our promised land are the promises of God that we cross over through faith. Yeah. Faith is that method that we cross over to possess. For, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 20, the Amplified says, For as many as the promise, are the promises of God, they all find their yes in Him, Christ. For this reason we utter the amen, so be it, to God through him in his person and his agency, to the glory be God. Uh, Hebrews 6, 12, the message translation. Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course with committed faith, then get everything promised to them. You get everything promised to you? The Bible is full of promises. Health is just one of them. But how, how many believers haven't learned to walk in it yet? Uh, I really, I really enjoyed what Chad said last weekend. Was it last weekend? Yeah, he was saying, "You and I shouldn't live by the prayer line." That's not God's plan. The, the prayer line. Brother Hagen used to say, "The dinner, the, the the healing the sick is is the dinner bell for the unbelievers, for the lost. The Christian ought to live out of the out of the covenant." That's where, that's where our life should be. So I'm just telling you right up front. Um, we, we live far below what God has intended for us. So get busy and find out what he wants you to do and how he wants you to do it. And then put, get that, put that on. Grab these promises. Cross over and possess them. This is, this is so important for you. Then get everything promised to them. When God made his promise to Abraham, I told you we'd come back there, uh, he, he backed it to the hilt, putting his own reputation on the line. He said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. I'll bless you and bless you and bless you. Verse 15, Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. 
It's time that we learn to stick it out and get everything that's been promised to us. I'm telling you, you're living far below where you could be living. Uh, Hebrews 8, 6, New Living Translation said, we, are, we have a far better covenant with God based upon better promises. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. I love these, love these passages in 2 Peter. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. What does that sound like? Does that remind anybody of anything, that knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord? Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 3? And he said, and this is eternal life, that you know the Father and his Son whom he sent, his Son Jesus Christ whom he sent. So this is eternal life he's talking about. Verse 3 says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and goodliness, godliness. All things. All things that pertain to life and godliness. That's what he's given to us through knowledge and through his power. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Verse 4 says this, By which you are, which have been given, I can say you or we have been given, exceedingly great and precious promises. Hallelujah. I'm glad you're excited because I am too. That through those, you may be partakers of the divine nature. Listen to what that said. Can you get a, get, can you get hold of what that scripture says? That through this knowledge and through this divine power and through these exceedingly great and precious promises, we can cross over and possess God-likeness. Divine. Uh, divine nature. We can possess God-likeness. Would you rather be like fallen man or like incredible God? You see, we, we can put on his nature. But you've got to possess the promises. You've got to cross over through faith and possess these promises. It's yours if you want it. I'm just telling you the truth. It's yours if you're serious. You, you, God doesn't trifle. He doesn't mess with you. You'll either do it his way and get serious about this, or you'll do nothing. You'll, I mean, you, you, can, you can exist through this age, this, this lifetime. But what, what, why would you want to go through this lifetime without accomplishing anything that will last I, I, I personally don't want I want to make a difference. I want somebody's life to be changed because of mine. I want, I want the eternal in my life, not, not just this, this world. Listen, all you've got to do is read through the headlines one day, and you'll find out this world is not your place. God didn't intend you to live in a world like this today. Now, I've been around since 1947. And I've seen some pretty nice, back in the 50s and 60s, life was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't necessarily always easy, but hey, it was sweet. I mean, the neighbors got along, you know. Uh, people didn't have to lock their doors. People, people had literally, and especially out there in West Texas where we didn't have a lot of moisture or rain or anything, I've seen them leave, leave their windows down and their keys in their car. Nobody stole anything. Well, a few people did, but it was so rare. I didn't hear. I never heard of child abuse. Divorced people had a reputation. You didn't want to get divorced. Um, it, it, it was it was it was a, a shame to you to get a divorce. 
Uh, I live in a different day. Eileen remembers some of those days. Nanette remembers some of those days. Uh, old timers do. Brother Tim back there, he remembers some of those days. So, oh, I hope I didn't wake you, Tim. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> hey, I, I, I've been here and doing this so long I can get away with anything. All right. Second uh, Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 13. He didn't tell me I couldn't have fun. Um, uh, Amplified says, Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he who wrote, I have believed, and therefore I have spoken. We believe too, and therefore we speak. This is incredible stuff. It's really incredible stuff. Crossing over. Moving from one place to another to a better place. To possessing the land. And, and uh, Carrie, uh, our, one of you already quoted Second Corinthians 5.7. Uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. So faith is the vehicle by which we cross over. We, we're going to cross over. Got to. You got to leave this world of unbelief, this world of world thinking, and put on kingdom thinking. It's not just Bible thinking. This, what did Jesus come preaching? What, what did Jesus preach? What is his ministry about? Have you, have you ever looked at that? Matthew 4, Luke 4 both say the same thing. Said he came preaching and teaching the kingdom of God and, and healing all manner of sickness and casting out all, uh, all manner of devils. That was his whole ministry. Teaching and preaching the kingdom of God. You know that he only mentioned salvation once and that's when he mentioned the new birth to, to Nicodemus. Only time Jesus ever mentioned salvation now, that's what the preachers all preach, but Jesus only talked about kingdom. Why is he so interested in kingdom? Because this life is this long. The kingdom life, the thousand years, is this long and forever. What a, what a difference. So if you're going to preach about this or you're going to preach about this, which seems to have the more relevance? It doesn't seem like it takes a rocket scientist to figure that one out. We doing okay so far? All right. I have pages of notes. I'm trying to get through them without taking all afternoon. Because Andrew's not going to be happy with me <laughs> if I don't. Yes, sir. Now, he lives downstairs. I don't know what he might pull. Okay. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a side trip, but it's not a side trip. This is just additional information that you need to know. Because we've been talking about Hebrews, we're talking about crossing over, possessing. The scripture says in Romans chapter 2, verse 1, that's New Testament, right? Okay. He is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from God, from men, but from God. Who is a Jew? Any Jews in here? According to that definition? Two, three, okay, four, thank you. Uh, I want you to know if you're a believer, yeah, there you go. We're all Jews. If we're one, if we have circumcision of the heart, we're one inwardly. It doesn't, it doesn't mean the, the, just the Hebrew people. You know, that's the difference between the, the word, uh, I, I think it's interesting, the word Jew comes from the word Yod, 
which is the root word for Yehuda or Yahudim, again plural. Yad means open hand. And the people of the open hand were the Jews. Isn't that, doesn't that sound like the body of Christ that's taught to be giving and open? You have to have an open hand to receive or to give. To receive or to give. So we are Jews when we have that open-handedness on the inside. It's also yada is a word that means thanksgiving and praise. Or very, and very, it's used 114 times, so it's not a rare word. Uh, it means to praise with the uplifted hand, which is typically what our, our kind of church does anyway. I mean, the, the church that thinks that's weird is weird itself, aren't they? Okay. Well, seriously. So, uh, and, and just one scripture I'll give you. Psalm 63, 4 says, Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Just one of many. All right. So we've talked about the, the past briefly. We've talked about the present briefly. Both of them have a crossing over and possessing. Crossing over and possessing. So what about the future? That's where we are. That's where we got to go. The future here. We'll wait, Tom. Go ahead. Okay. When you talk about future, we're talking about inheritance. Inheritance. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, do you know what your inheritance is? Because most Christians simply, if, if I was asking them to give, a, give us a biblical definition of it, they could not do it. They couldn't do it. And so I want to give you some, some information today that you will never be ignorant about this again. All right? Now, so I'm going to back up to Deuteronomy chapter 26 in the first verse. It shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from your land and the Lord your God is giving you. Tithing was one of the first things in, in the inheritance or in, in our kingdom living, all right? So, um, and while, while I was studying this, uh, a, a scripture that I've, I've often been um, amazed by is Psalm 37. Now, the, the Psalms have many, many interesting features, but Psalm 37 is a, a word about trust. It's about commitment. It's about rest. It's about waiting on the Lord. But it has, it's, a, it's got some very interesting features that you don't find. And it's especially in Psalm 37, if you like the numbers, you'd really like that number. Um, Psalm 37 speaks over and over and over about the land. The land. And it talks about dwelling in the land. It also talks about the wicked. And the wicked shall be cut off, but the, the, the faithful the believer will dwell in the land. Now, what is it talking about? Now, who was the psalm written to? Somebody tell me. It's written to the Hebrews. The psalms were written by David to the Hebrew people. So this is a psalm which has never been fulfilled because if you know anything about Hebrew history or Israelite history, you know that they have never fulfilled this these promises, promises, 
again, crossing over. These are promises. And, and they haven't been fulfilled. So what we have to understand through that is not just historical or even natural Israel that's going to fulfill this because you and I are the Jews, which makes us, in a way, people who cross over, Hebrews. I'm tying that all together because we are, it is all intimately tied together to you in your life. And that's so important for you to understand and, and, and get hold of that. All right, so, so Psalm 37, I'll give you some examples. Verse 1 says, don't fret because of evildoers. Don't be envious of workers of iniquity. Well, I said that. Let me, let me go on. This is in the third verse. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. Feed on his faithfulness. Um, uh, verse 5 says, commit your ways to the Lord. He will bring it to pass. Uh, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Verse 9 says, Evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Well, that sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Does that sound familiar to anybody but me? Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, Jesus said, The meek shall inherit the earth. Isn't it interesting that he's talking about that, that there's an inheriting the earth. So our inheritance here is not a spiritual, it, it, oh, there's some spirit stuff to it, spiritual stuff to it, but it's because you got to be spiritual to get here. But the inheritance, as you're going to see here, has to do with crossing over and possessing in the future because we're not in the future yet, but we are in the process of setting ourselves up wanting and expecting to receive that inheritance. Uh, anybody here want to just say, I don't want it, I don't need your inheritance, I'll, I'll pass on that? <laughs> Romans 8 says we're joint heirs with Christ. We don't even know what that means. We get some spiritual mumbo-jumbo about it, but it's very simple. We're going to see it here. This is in Psalm 37. Uh, he said again, he said, but in verse 11, he said, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in an abundance of peace. There, the, Jesus actually quoted Psalm 37 uh, when we see that there. The meek shall inherit the earth. And it talks about, again, the wicked are going to be cut off. It goes over and over and over. The wicked are cut off. The wicked are remembered no more. The wicked will not dwell in the land. Uh, over and over and over. Uh, verse 18 says, The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. Um, verse 21 says, The wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous show mercy and gives, for those blessed by him shall inherit the earth. Are you getting an idea that your inheritance might be connected to the earth? Ah, you're waking up talks about our descendants being blessed. Verse 27 says, Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. What does that mean, dwell forevermore? He's talking about the land. He's talking about dwell in the land forevermore. Um, the saints are preserved forever. The descendants of the wicked are cut off. Verse 29, The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The righteous shall inherit the land 
and dwell in it forever. Uh, verse 32 says, And he shall exalt you to, to inherit the land. Uh, let me back, I lost my place here. The Lord, uh, he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. I have seen the wicked and great power spreading themselves like a native tree, yet he passed away. Behold, he was no more and could not be found, though I sought him. So here we see all through Psalm 37, we see this inheritance spoken of. And this is not just an inheritance of the Hebrews. It's also an inheritance of the believer because inwardly we are Hebrews. We are Jews. And we make any sense? Or am I losing anybody? All right. So let's go back and talk about this inheritance some more. Revelation chapter 2. Now, oh, I'm gonna, this is good. Oh, you'll like this. I, I, I just um, back up to Psalm 2, verse 8, so you can see this. Ask of me, the father said, and he's speaking to his son. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. That's Psalm 2. And he says to the Messiah, the Son of God, Jesus, who is the Word of God become flesh, ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth. He's going to give Jesus... The, the, the son of God, the man of God, the soon coming king, he's going to give him the earth as his inheritance. And I think he deserves it, don't you? I think he's well earned it. Anybody else die for you lately? So let's jump from Psalm 2 to Revelation 2. All right? Revelation chapter 2 verse 26 says, and he who overcomes, there's that, that strange word again that we have to qualify for. He who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, I will give, listen, listen to the words. I will give him power over the nations. This is right out of Psalm 2. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, before you get all upset about that, he's talking about ruling with a scepter. A scepter. And anybody that disagrees with the king gets smashed. That's the nature of a king. That's the nature of a king. A king's word is law. We're talking about a king. We're talking about Jesus when he returns. He's not going to be the sweet savior with an olive branch. He's coming back with a sword. His eyes are flames of fire. His hair is white as snow. He's riding a white horse and on his thigh is the is written the word of God. That's our Lord Jesus, the Lord of the heaven hosts. All right. And he's going to lead us back. Now, this is what gets exciting. He will lead us back from heaven. We'll be, the, the, those that qualify will be mounted on white horses dressed in fine white linen. And only the saints, washed in the blood, the redeemed, are, get to dress in fine white linen, which I think is a remarkable thing. We will follow him back to the earth for the last great conflict, and we will be his army. 
while he overtakes the earth and sets up his kingdom here to rule it and reign it finally, fulfilling Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Finally. And, and mankind, those that qualify, will rule and reign with him on the earth for a thousand years. And then the scripture says, and forever and forever. We read it in Daniel. We'll read it again. Let me finish this Revelation 2. And he shall rule him with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel, as I also have received from my father. So now you know what a joint heir is. He's going to share his inheritance with us. Which is pretty cool. But if you go back through the biblical history, you know that, that Joseph was an example. Daniel was an example. Rulers found capable, trustworthy men to rule under them in the earth or in their kingdom. And it won't be any different with Jesus. He needs qualified men and women who will rule, who are capable and trustworthy to rule his lands under his leadership. But that, that's, that's a picture of Genesis 128. We're to rule under the Father's leadership. Well, the Father, Jesus is going to be following the Father, and we're going to be following Jesus, and everybody's going to be really happy except those people that didn't care enough about it, and they missed it. They're, they get to be there, but they're not in the same class as those who have qualified. And listen, I don't want to be, I, I, I'm tired of being common. You know, I, I, I wouldn't mind being elite with Jesus. Thank you. Oh, I like the way she thinks. Heavenly. Are you listening to me? I just like everything about her. Come think of it. I might just dote here for a minute. All right, look. So, so our inheritance, your inheritance is the earth. Think about that. To rule and reign on planet earth for a thousand years and more. Because the scripture says you will reign forever and ever. How long is that? That's forever. Okay. Uh, we'll skip that scripture. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 in the New Living. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land. There's that key word that God would give him as his inheritance. So now you're beginning to understand Galatians 3.13, which we're going to about to get to, because probably you've never understood it. I didn't for a long, long time. He went without knowing where he was going. God said, I'll tell you when you're going to get there. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. He lived there by faith, for he was a foreigner living in tents. He didn't build the city of Abraham. He lived in tents. He could have. But he wasn't going to set up. He wasn't going to set up a city in a land that was not the land that he was looking for, because he was told that he would inherit this land, and this wasn't it. Um, verse nine. Even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was a foreigner living in tents. So did Isaac and Jacob, his next two generations, 
who inherited the same promise. There's that inheritance. All right, we get to share Abraham's inheritance as well. Abraham was confidently looking for a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. That only, that only describes one city anywhere, New Jerusalem. That's the only one, there's one, only one of the scriptures that it does describe. All right, Galatians 3.18, New Living Translation. For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law or doing things, then it would not be a result of God accepting God's promises. For God graciously gave it to Abraham by a promise. Backing up to the 13th verse, and this is where you may have wondered in the past. But Christ, this is New Living. Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse of our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scripture, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham. Have you ever wondered about Galatians 3.13 where he says, Christ has become the curse for us that the blessings of Abraham might come on us? I never could quite figure out what the blessings of Abraham were. I mean, he was very rich, yes, I remember reading that. And he had lots of kids, but, but we don't mention, he doesn't mention anything about health or any of those other things. Except that we're talking about his inheritance. We're talking about the blessing that God promised Abraham is the same promise that we get to share in when we have faith, the same kind of faith that Abraham had. You remember... Why Abraham was uh, he was counted as God's friend? Why he was a, it was account? It says he believed God. On, yeah. You see, you got to make up your mind today. Are you going to believe this world? Are you going to believe the news? Are you going to believe the Bible? You have to make up your mind. You can't live both ways. Good. This world will deceive you. It's rotten. It's wicked. This world is under the sway of the wicked one. The Scripture tells us. Jesus called him the prince of this world. Paul called him the God of this world. So the world is not your friend. It is God's enemy. Therefore, it must be our enemy. I'm talking about the world system. I'm not talking about the earth. The earth, <laughs> the earth is man's. It's man's. God gave it to us. And we're going to be able to be here forever. Just re read the last part of Revelation 19 through 22. It'll open your eyes to a lot of things here. All right. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 says, Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance and makes everything work according to his plan. We have an inheritance. We have an inheritance. Now you know something about what it is. Ephesians 1, 13 from the New Living says, the Spirit of God is guaranteed that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He purchased us to be His own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify Him. The 18th verse, the same passage says, I pray that your hearts be flooded with light so that you can understand with confident hope He is, you can understand the confident hope that He has given to those who call His holy people who, who, have a, who are His rich and glorious inheritance. Colossians 1.12, New Living. Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. 
we get, I, I'm, I'm giving you a lot of scripture here so that you see that the, I'm not the preacher that takes one scripture and makes a doctrine out of it. This is over and over and over and over. And this is your future. And it's so important that we live in the present, live according to understanding the past, that we live in the present, crossing over by faith to achieve the promises of God. We know that this, when we do that, it'll qualify us for this inheritance. See, I don't know that any of the believers who don't qualify will have an inheritance. I just can't say they don't. I can't find scripture that prove it one way or the other. But I know that the believer, the overcomer, will have an inheritance. But the inheritance is to rule and reign. He's going to give us the nations. He's going to, as the Father gave him an inheritance, he's going to give it to us if you overcome. That's crucial for you. You can't just be a float-along, you know, happy-go-lucky Christian playing it loose and sloppy. You need to tighten it up and get it, get, start doing it God's way. But you will thank me forever if you'll do it. And I like that. That's a great plan. I want you to thank me forever. Because if, I, if, if you hadn't, then, you, then you'd be out there with no inheritance and there, but looking on with envy. Have you ever wondered why there's weeping and gnashing in teeth toward the end of Revelation? Can you imagine what you'll feel like if you heard the message but you didn't do it and you're left out? I can see why there'd be weeping and gnashing of teeth for losing your place forever. You see, we're not going to all go to heaven and be the same, be equal. You don't think that the people who overcome here are going to have a, have a different reward than the people who just get by today? Come on, use your head. God's much more purposeful than that. He's very purposeful. You've got to think. I want you to start thinking. Christians don't think, they just listen. I want you to read. I want you to study. I want you to think. I want you to ask questions. I want you to want to know. We're just happy doing our daily reading duty. If I read my chapter a day, I'm okay. Or whatever. You, you follow what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's hogwash. It is. That's stupid. You, you think you can check off a box because you read something? And you still don't know what it said? That's the problem. We'll read it, but, but next day you can't tell me what you read. And we all know that's true. We can hardly tell you what the preacher said last Sunday. I know, I know how this goes. Colossians 1.12, always thanking the Father, he has enabled you to, work, to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Who live in the light. A lot of his people don't live in the light. They, they, they want to go to heaven. They want to miss hell. But they don't want to please the one who saved them. They don't want to do it his way. They're going to, they might miss, miss some fun. Colossians 3.24, remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and the master, and that the master you are serving is Christ. You want me to read that one again? Are they putting them up there? No, okay. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward 
See, I didn't make this stuff up. I didn't make this stuff up. <coughs> oh, an inheritance is your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ, not this world. Hebrews 9.15, verse New Living. That is why he, the, he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the inherit, in, eternal inheritance God has promised them. I want my part, don't you? Hebrews 11, verse 8. It is by faith that Abraham went, obeyed when God called to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him his inheritance over and over and over and over. And honestly, I'm going to close with this one. If I haven't given you enough, I'll work on some more because I skipped some. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. We have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. I have a great expectation. I'm, I'm going to do it every way I can that's his way. My marriage is his way. We do it by the book. We do it by Ephesians chapter 5. How do you govern your marriage? Like the world? Ephesians 5 is how he said to do it. And, and, and it's probably not good news for all you guys because because God didn't tell him her to love you. Just to respect you. But he commanded that you love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That'll shake some guys' world up. Because they're used to, they're used to, uh, mama being their slave or their, their their uh, sub their servant. No, no, no. If you're if anybody's to serve anybody, you're to serve her. Now that doesn't mean that that doesn't that doesn't mean that it changes the order in the house. That means that you are Christ-like in your marriage and in your family. That's not see. That's not so hard. Once you, once you figure out that this is the way he wants to do it, just go along with it. Hey, you'll like it better doing it his way because there's no reward otherwise. Did, did you get enough today? Did, did, was I able to feed you enough here? Are you going to go home full? I hope so. I, will, I don't want you to forget about what I said today, folks. Don't forget about it. Think about it. Meditate on it. I think it'll be online or you can, re you can listen to it again. This is so important for you, for your future. Have you noticed that time is running down? It's, it's, we have one fewer day today than we did yesterday before the end. I don't know how many days are between here and the end when we, when we run out of time to do anything else for him, his way. I don't know how long that is here. The, I don't know. You tell me. I'm just saying to you that it's time that we learn to do it his way because it is so important for your future. You've got to cross over. You've got to possess this land. That means you own it. 
That, that doesn't mean you just live in it. That means you own that land. How do you own it? By living it. By living it. And you've got to cross over to do that. You've got to leave this, this old lifestyle, this old worldly lifestyle. You've got to cross over into the kingdom. The kingdom is in your heart now, Jesus said. It doesn't come with observation. What was it, Luke 19, I think? It's in our hearts. But as soon as this age ends, the kingdom is established. And it's in the earth. Where are you going to fit in that? That's my question to you. Where will you fit in that? It's up to you. It's not up to him. You live your life now for him, and he will see that you are rewarded for a thousand years and forever. I think, to me, that this little time period that we have left is a, uh, it's a no-brainer. Who wouldn't trade this for this? You follow me? It's a no-brainer. Don't live for the the pleasures of this age for the pleasures of this world. Live for the pleasures of the kingdom and the pleasures of forever because it's so much better. And you'll thank me and you won't be weeping and gnashing your teeth. I know I'll feel a lot better then. Can I pray for you? Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you, Lord, that your word is truth and your truth is is, is, is non-ending. It's eternal. I thank you for being with us today. I ask you to the things that your people have heard this morning that they sink down into their ears and stay with them and that it changes their lives, that they tighten up everything and do it your way from this day forward until our King returns for us. I thank you for these things now. I ask it in the name of our Lord and King Jesus. Amen.